We live in a twilight world. We live in a twilight world. And there are no friends at dusk. You've been made. This siege is a blind for them to vanish you. But I established contact. Bring you in or kill you. I have two minutes. Make up your mind. Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session, I'm Elizabeth III. I'm Jack Allison. And today we are doing a movie review of the movie. The only one left, yeah. The uh, science fiction action spy thriller by Christopher Nolan, Tenet, starring John David Washington as protagonist. Protagonist, yeah. Robert Pattinson as Neil mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kenneth Branagh as um, Wasted Talent, as the Russian Andre Turf something or another. Um, yeah. Tenet, uh, we got to see it. We got to see it before it hits DVD. And Jack, just want to ask you, first impressions, this is, you know, maybe the last movie. Well, we both know that's not true. Because there's a certain someone toiling away in New Zealand right now. <laughs> He's probably at the bottom of a big water tank as we speak uh, with Kate Winslet. But yes, it was definitely the final movie uh, of movie theaters. The yeah. old age. Of the old age, yeah. The new age, the age of Avatar that's right. Yes. There will be a whole new cinema uh, yeah. that comes to life. But as far as traditional Big budget blockbuster films pre Avatar two. This is supposed to be the biggie. Yeah. Overall, what did you think? You know, Christopher Nolan. I feel like I understand why he made such a stink about how like this has to be in theaters because it just it's really not anything special. Is kind of how I felt. If you aren't sitting under the biggest screen you've ever seen watching the IMAT scenes in the full size, you are going to be very confused by the movie, not just the basic plot, but also confused as to why did Christopher Nolan make like James Bond less interesting? (laughs) Basically that's how did you make James Bond both science fiction and boring two at the same time right like it's very long it's two and a half hours long i was expecting it to be at the very least you know a real visual spectacle even watching it at home that would you know keep me excited and riveted because i mean christopher nolan can do action movies um that hold your attention i i i guess is one way to put it they are always great and i don't think they always hold up on rewatch but usually the first watch like i was bored uh in this especially the second act the interminable second act of this movie is one of the most boring sequences in any film i could imagine and very like generic nothing happens that you don't expect while he was writing this script and it took him 20 years he was working on this for 20 years what he did when he was really buckling down on it, he said he refused to watch any spy movies and only relied on his memory of the genre in order to influence this. And that's very apparent because like it's the most generic 
spy mo- movie imaginable with one weird twist that makes it like worse actually and not and less interesting than if this were just like a B movie like a 20 million dollar B movie starring like Frank Grillo spy movie like starring Frank Grillo would be probably a lot more interesting than this big big uh budget blockbuster uh ended up being this movie feels like a hollow movie to me it, you know i said I, I posted this on twitter i'm sorry to give away the takes for free leslie <laughs> uh but it really feels to me like it's like a nolan movie written by like a chat bot or something like that <laughs> like it feels very like uh, there's something like just i i don't know man there's like, so many yeah. lines in this that are straight up first pass like yeah placeholder well scenes. i mean why are you i mean like i get why you're trying to be clever but and ever it's been mentioned but you just called your guy protagonist you know what yeah. i mean like you actually did do that you know that's the <laughs> you left that in like you yeah. left in that he's just called protagonist i mean there's the fact that the villain is just a russian who is so nihilistic he wants to literally destroy the world yes this movie is about the destruction of not just the world but all of reality it doesn't ever feel real in any way you know what i mean like like this guy having this job which even to begin with you're like okay everything feels inhuman in this movie you know what i mean like our main character is named protagonist we don't really get any sense of like who he is as a man he's doing a job for people that he doesn't know why he's doing the job for them i'm like at a certain point this kind of like mystery with mystery within mystery i'm like there's no heart or like warmth in this movie like all of these characters are supposed to be so mysterious and weird that like no one can care for each other and and jack (laughs) i actually kind of disagree because i didn't find it mysterious or weird at all it really did feel like a basic basic action spy thriller like if you were if you just asked you know any film student to crank out like in a fucking writing jam like a Mm -hmm. spy thriller like it would basically be tenant except for the one word gimmick which is you know the kind of time travel gimmick we are going to talk about spoilers for this if you haven't seen the movie but i'm telling you right now there's nothing you're not gonna care you're gonna figure out the twist early and they're not gonna impress you in any way you're not gonna enjoy them i he just he just just does it kind of you know what i mean it's like the twist you're kind of like oh i think i get what this is gonna be and then he like does it and you're like wow he like really did what i thought he was gonna do and they executed it like pretty well and there's some cool sequences in there but like i don't feel like the story you know when i say mysterious i don't mean like within the story i mean the characters are all meant to be so odd and mysterious that you can't you don't have anything to really like grab a hold of in this like there's no i I just don't feel it just feels so cold to me the entire movie and cold in a way that i don't think works because i even then like that it also applies to like jason bourne jason bourne has a lot of characters sure. in like the pianist or, or stuff like that but the action in that is just so you know thrilling and constant and the movie moves so fast you don't get bored watching uh born like do a bunch of shit but you get very you're gonna get very bored during the middle section of oh, Tenet, yeah. which will shock you because uh you go in right or i guess we can we can dive a little bit into the plot sure. so you, you start off with the protagonist 
back in this, uh, played uh, by John David Washington, who I think actually does a really good job and could be a really big star. It's tough. He's really charismatic, and I and I like him. But man, if he just has nothing to work with yeah. with this character, like what a what a fucking impossible st- thing to put an actor into to just be like, well, kind of what's your character like? Well, he like doesn't know anything that's happening. Well, what's his name? Protagonist. Like, what's he like? <laughs> well, that's kind of a mystery. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you supposed to do with this character? And it's so funny because when you do get to the end of the movie, this is literally the most important and interesting and determined man that has ever lived. Uh, it's not even a man operator because really everybody in a Nolan movie is like some sort of operator, even if they don't have the beard and the rolled up sleeve, right? Yeah. And he's just like the greatest operator that ever lived who hatches this amazing plan to save all the reality that works goes off you know almost without a hitch but you actually don't learn anything about him you don't see any of that growth or that planning you just see a confused version of the character basically moving forward stumbling through these action scenes where you will straight up not know why they are doing some of the characters are doing some of the things that they're doing in the movie whole action scenes that i've seen i could not explain why in the particular they're happening because with the time traveling gimmick there's like supposed to there's like a double layer of reality happening and it and it's just i i I promise you is is a lot less interesting than it sounds. It's not fulfilling. It doesn't it's not doesn't really work in the, the concept uh and uh, again with the plot you don't get into this until later but the it opens up with this you know the protagonist uh stopping some kind of terrorist attack. He sees like a bullet travel backwards, which a neat little thing except for the fact that the trailer shows like all of that stuff happening. So when it happens in the movie, you don't know that you're supposed to be surprised with the protagonist you don't know that's like this is his first time like seeing a bullet travel backwards because then he goes to like his agency and sees q and they got a whole wall of backwards traveling bullets and then he's like what the fuck are the backwards traveling bullets are about and then they're like well we don't know go like go there and try to figure (laughs) it out like it would be so much more interesting if you knew exactly what the stakes were from the beginning but they tease them out so long and then when you get it it's actually pretty cool Your duty transcends national interests. This is about survival. Who's? Everyone's. There's a cold war, cold as ice. To even know its true nature is to lose. This is knowledge divided. All I have for you is a gesture in combination with a word. Present day reality is being attacked from the future by our future selves because we destroyed the world through global warming and they basically have tried to send a bomb back that would destroy all of reality and kill all of us but possibly give them a chance somehow it's not really explained why the plan makes sense or why they entrust the future all this future entrust this this uh plan to the most generic russian oligarch villain um in history formula rendered into physical form so it can't be copied or communicated it's a black box one function which is Inversion, but not objects or peoples, the world around us. 
As they invert the entropy of more and more objects, the two directions of time becoming more intertwined. Because the environment's entropy flows in our direction, we dominate. They're always swimming upstream. It's what saved your life. The inverted explosion was pushing against the environment. Pissing in the wind. When the algorithm can change the direction of that wind, it can invert the entropy of the world. And if that happens? Oh. End of play. End of play. Can you be a little more precise? Everyone and everything that's ever lived destroyed instantly. Precise enough? Including my son. Feels so placeholder. It just feels so like empty when you watch this movie. It really does. There was one scene where the protagonist is getting checked by the Russian uh, <laughs> before he meets him, and the literally the dialogue is literally that is first pass you know joke that you put in like insert generic joke uh there but they left in the script there's tons of dialogue here that just absolutely does not work and i I was really disappointed especially by the second act when we find out that the movie is not not actually like about this fight against this future where you're going to see this guy like neil learn how to do all this cool stuff with this backwards traveling shit what you find out is this movie is actually about the generic evil russians like what relationship with his wife and like the fact that he's very mean to his wife and that's why he's going to help the future destroy the world the wife of course becomes a character and she's like the character married to the bad guy that you see in every bond movie that the protagonist is supposed to fall in love with and vice versa but they can never end up being together but they have absolutely positively zero chemistry with one another whatsoever and i don't want to blame uh elizabeth de becky uh for this who plays a cat uh barden uh, sator's uh ex uh wife but i really i but there's just no chemistry you don't even know yeah. that there's a love story happening between them if it is because i Christopher Nolan's characters are like inhuman always like they just feel like these like <laughs> these like Greek gods of like professionalism or something like they just seem like like operatic like rich people or something you know what I mean like yeah operators is the right way it's just like I these people just don't seem like real like this world of like operators just feels like i don't know like sillier or something yeah like, and you can i mean and you can make it work if you make it more fun but yeah. like really the big problem is like this the gimmick of the things traveling backwards is barely really used in the movie and when it is used it's mostly just like a it's a, it basically gives them an excuse not to shoot a final fight scene really because there's so much time traveling happening there's this big battle between these these two factions but you both mostly just see people running through an empty desert and shooting at empty buildings during the finale of this major blockbuster is just like absolutely nothing going on that makes any sense and the real battle is between like the again the russian guy who's trying to destroy all the reality and his estranged wife was intending to end his life why? He's dying. Inoperable pancreatic cancer. And he's taking the world with him. If he can't happen, no one can. He gets to choose the time and place at the end of the world. What moment? What does he choose? I, I don't 
know why all of reality came down to this those guy. two people yeah. and their relationship and it's never really fully Again, explained in the film. It feels like fake. It feels like weird. Like when when I'm like I almost expected there to be some kind of reveal of like this is all not true and this is not what you're working toward and <laughs> this is like, you know, like it just feels like it's so <laughs> It feels like it's not really happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it just feels like uh, that the world is not really in danger in this movie. Yeah. Like the bomb from the future. Okay. So it was designed by a scientist from the doomsday formula. She discovered it. Brilliant scientist discovered it. And so she was so horrified by it that she turned it into like a simple object that anyone could put together and then allowed it to be taken from her and sent back in time and, several pieces is all very you know convoluted and ultimately meaningless you never get to see these people from the future who are the actual antagonists of the film instead you just have kenneth branagh doing you know, playing a russian oligarch for some bizarre reason and it feels such like a throwback to just old like any old 80s or 90s action movie would just have this character this russian guy wants to blow up stuff because he's bitter and cynical about the fall of the ussr and that's the only motivation right. that anyone has in this film really that you learn about i need resources it's weapons grade plutonium that means special handling containment facilities i know what it means you lecture me about radiation. Andre Sator digging plutonium from the rubble of my city as a teenager. Very silly. Very, very silly. Again, like when I say like I'm like, you know, I understand why Christopher Nolan wanted people to see this in theaters. Part of that is because like when you watch it at home, it just feels like you're watching like Miami Vice or something <laughs> like that. You know, it doesn't feel like that. Miami Vice is better. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like the TV show. <laughs> the TV show Miami Vice is better than this. <laughs> well, that's like but that's kind of what I mean is it's like when you're watching it at home, you're like, well, it's not the big, loud music. You know, it's not as really the big speakers and everything like that i'm just watching like an action tv show you know some sequences are cool i do yeah think, some are cool some i are think th that some of the reverse uh effect like you know that definitely took some choreography and some thought to like plan out how to do sequences like that and they like some work pretty well some i actually I'm, didn't think any of them worked but i'll be honest with you it took a lot of choreography but it, it goes so fast it's like you don't know what's happening when two people are like fighting backwards with each other. It you is definitely don't. weird. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit hard to tell that it's going backwards. I, I, one sequence I thought was actually not very good at all was the boating sequence, which just felt very like Nolan-y to me in the way where I'm like, this just feels small when I'm watching it at home, but I can tell that you're like cutting the IMAX shots and shit. Yes, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm like, I know that you shot a really big shot of like this, like lock off of the boat in the water or whatever. You know what I mean? But it just does not feel impressive when I'm watching it on my home screen. And, you know, and I think that that's because like there's not really a very compelling story to hang it on. And what Nolan kind of does is these big tech demos for, for, IMAX. A stock video. Immediately before that scene, the Russian oligarch threatens the protagonist with uh, castration and murder. And then for reasons that are very unclear, he the protagonist says one word to him and then he's like, all right, let's go boating. 
the movie just moves from place to place with no rhyme or reason when actually when you get to, by the time you get to the end there's actually a really interesting story that happens with the protagonist you just don't see any of it you only see the version of the protagonist who is confused and doesn't know what's going on but there's another version of the protagonist that's working backwards through time in order to make sure that the Russian uh, oligarchs who want to destroy everything just because. And again, this movie is coming out in 2020, by the way. Uh, maybe there, that's another reason why he wanted it out in theaters because this is uh, a never Trumper. Yeah. A nihilistic Russian oligarch is helping America's enemies to destroy the world via global warming. And uh, the CIA has to stop him. And that's, that's the story. And it's just not very interesting really not well executed no relationships between the characters and but that version of the protagonist who's working backwards through time to save all the reality sounds pretty cool i wish we had seen that guy they talk about some kind of cool things but ultimately this is another sort of nolan movie which looks very apple tv aesthetic with people uh in button down very fancy shirts not wearing ties you know <laughs> it's like ultimately that's kind of like the aesthetic we're always going to get to work with with nolan movies so how do we get enough firepower through the perimeter to trigger the lockdown procedure I call it the free port. You got something. Not gonna like it. You wanna crash a plane? But not from the air. Not so dramatic. I would have run a jet off the taxiway, breach the real war, and start fire. Well, how big a plane? I, I do want to point out that Robert Pattinson is pretty good in this and his character again named neil i don't know why you get the protagonist and the driver and then neil <laughs> uh but he's very good and charismatic in this and i actually think they if they switched roles this would be a much more interesting movie robin Pattinson's character neil is a much more mysterious guy who kind of has this wry smile to him i think john david washington could have done that's kind of how he is in ballers his character in ballers while you let robert pattinson be the bemused main protagonist i think that's immediately a somewhat more fun and interesting uh movie than what we got here yeah, I, 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 you know, it makes me feel like, you know, maybe I, I like, I, I kind of don't dislike Pattinson, to be honest with you. Oh, he's good. He's like, yeah, he's, he's a good. compelling actor. He's like, very he's good. good. Yeah, you know, maybe Batman will be good. Yeah, I don't know about that, but he's good. In, <laughs> he's good in this, but we don't get a lot, see a lot of his character. I don't know. It's just a really awfully disappointing movie. I was excited for this movie. I thought it would be pretty cool, but I don't think I would ever sit down and watch this before I would watch any of the James Bond movies or a Jason Bourne movie or Jack Reacher or anything any uh, literally almost any other spy thriller i would wrote and haywire i love that movie that's so much more interesting it's a much smaller movie but it's a lot more interesting than uh this film bigger is not always uh better especially when you don't really like flesh out the main big idea that you have feels like it's like reaching to be something bigger but ends up being smaller than all the movies that don't reach for that you know exactly like, that's like exactly it <laughs> they can spend time on character when christopher nolan is still just trying to confuse us with different operations and yeah. little hints and stuff well, like and it. and and building basically his thing where he gets to do it backwards in the second half which i'm like i swear to god 
when I saw that the other guy was going backwards, I know this is a time travel movie. The guy's wearing a mask. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be our guy. Yes, obviously. And he, of course, is going to spend like the middle to end of the movie, like going backwards through time or whatever. And then like, that's basically what we like saw. Yeah, you know, you li- like- I mean, you li- you literally see that one of the other guys is uh, black. I'm like, there's no way there's two I mean, black right. guys in the Christopher Nolan movie. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm there's like, okay, no so way. there's like a black guy, like, but his face is covered, you know? Like, uh- <laughs> when you do find that out, what that means is the fight scene that you watched in the middle was completely pointless. It meant nothing. Some guy, like, holding himself up momentarily. It's true. It's true. It's like, you know, that was really more about how clever it would be to choreograph that going backwards. But plot wise, it truly doesn't matter very much. And and it doesn't matter even when you when it happens because you, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know when it first happens because you're you don't see those guys and think that like, oh, these are the bad guys because they're like, there's no bad guys. They just they're just some guys that come out of nowhere and the protagonist just starts beating the crap out of them when they're trying to run past them like that wasn't even in itself like an interesting fight scene because you're sitting there wondering like, why are they fighting in the first place? It's oh, just a, a baffling, uh, baffling movie. Uh, it truly is a baffling movie that just feels hollow and without heart. <laughs> um, and, you know, I guess I, I understand. Like I said, I understand. Um, I understand him, him wanting people to see it in theaters because with maybe with the booming soundtrack and, you know, fucking IMAX and everything, it, it would have felt a little less hollow. Yeah, well, speaking of seeing it in theaters, we do have a special correspondent who's going to join us because they actually got to see it in theaters. In case Jack and I are missing something about this movie, we're going to bring them on uh, to let them let them tell us what if it was really, you know, worth it going out there, risking COVID, risking death to see uh, Tenet, this movie on the big screen. And so our special Tenet theater correspondent Mm -hmm. is uh, from the great podcast Radio Free South Dakota. Uh, I've been on the show, had a wonderful time. John Glanzer, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Struggle Session. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. So so tell us, tell us, what was it like going to see Christopher Nolan's Tenet in an actual theater? You know, it wasn't IMAX or anything like that, but we have a nice movie theater here. I don't know if you guys had this problem when you were watching it, but there were multiple moments in the movie where I could not understand what people were saying. I don't know if it was the way it was mixed or maybe they got crappy speakers or something that I was uh, in the movie theater, but there were multiple times where I just couldn't understand what people were saying. So, uh, John, uh, let me inform you then. Let me be your home theater correspondent. Uh, no, the sound mixing is actually bad at home, uh, too. I had oh, to okay. It <laughs> when I was in the theater, I was, I was like, you know what? This would be a lot better if I could put subtitles up on the fucking movie <laughs> theater screen. But uh, it was extremely loud. When I left the theater, I was like, took a nap, I think, afterwards. But I think the music 
is pretty good uh for the most part i think it is uh very good i I really like the travis scott song i wish they had played it during the action scene of the movie but this movie is not like cool enough to do that to actually play a song with lyrics during like an action scene we wouldn't do that probably one of the most uninteresting films that nolan has made the only reason i remember the main character's name is because it's john protagonist (laughs) <laughs> you know the only reason i even went out to do it was because i knew there would be like it was on like a tuesday and there was like two people in the theater i would not have risked my life uh to go see a tenant at least any more than i did <laughs> i mean but you, but you did you did yeah, yeah i guess <laughs> it was the one thing playing the one big movie the that last you movie did. you could possibly see you know that that's part of why i did it i was just like you know when's the le- next time i did because at my movie theater they've just been showing they were showing wayne's world and uh they're just going through every old movie and and showing mo- those to i guess keep people coming to the theater but i was just like you know what Screw it. I want to go to a damn movie. Um, (laughs) It's the the best way to watch a movie, you know. My last movie seen in theaters was the Force Majeure adaptation, uh, Downhill. And I got to say, not a lot of cinematic grandeur in that. So, uh, John, uh, is there anything else about actually seeing Tenet in movie theaters? Because there was so much talk about the fact that Chris Manoling insisted um, that this film be seen in theaters, that people actually go out during a pandemic and watch. This was not the movie, movie uh, to do it, to go encourage people to go see in a pandemic. I, <laughs> I, you know, I had a good time, but, you know, it's hard to have a bad time when you get stoned and go to a movie. So, <laughs> or I mean, you know, I guess it was a good time, but I, I thought it would be interesting you know i like interstellar people give interstellar crap but you know i like i like that it at least just had like an idea behind it much more interesting uh than tenet because this tenet is just like a generic spy movie with this added sci-fi layer that that really is just like negates all the cool stuff that you normally see in a spy movie like uh i got the vibe of it it was what like someone who wanted to like everybody to think they're really smart or like highbrow would put in an action movie, I guess. Yes. I think it's a long running uh, problem with Nolan. He can't just do genre. He has to do something highfalutin with it and it doesn't work. But uh, John, where can people find you? Um, you can follow my me on Twitter at the Bible Pimp sixty nine, and uh, then you can follow the podcast at RFSD Pod. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for risking your life. Yeah, that's actual frontline duty yeah. uh, you did yeah. for us. Essential there. work, essential work you did, essential podcasting work here. Thank you. Have a good one. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.